Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good evening, everyone. It is Thursday, July the 14th, 2022. It is currently 7.21 p.m. Central Time. I'm coming to you live from Abilene, Texas. And do you know what's laying on the table right next to me? Do you know what's laying on this table? Come on, tell me, tell me. You have to know. Well, you probably don't know because it's been a little while since we've picked up this thing laying on the table. It is a copy of the book, The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis, written over 500 years ago. We've been working through this book now for a very long time. In some ways, because it's taken taken so long and there's been so many gaps in between some of the some of the work, there's a part of me that says, you know what, you should just stop, but I'm not. We we started it. I'm going to finish it one way or the other. Maybe we can increase the frequency in which we're doing uh, episodes from The Imitation of Christ by Thomas Akempis. Uh, so, okay, good. <laughs> Someone just said, yeah, the, oh yeah, I remember this series. I know, I apologize. We ended up doing the 30 scriptures in 30 days. That took forever. And then we've been working on Philippians 3.10, and then there's always the Bible study exercise. There's exercises would be a more appropriate way to say it. Um, There's always so many different series going on, and sometimes it's a little uh, overwhelming, but you know what? We do what we can, and hopefully, 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 this will still prove to be beneficial. I'm really worried about the episode tonight. I really am. Because this one's going to just walk me. See, sometimes you, I can pick up a book and start reading and go, well, if I turn on the microphone and talk about that, the only, <laughs> I don't win. Like, it's a no-win situation. I lose no matter what happens. Like, even if 50% of the people going, that was amazing, there's going to be another 50% who say, that was horrible. This is a no-win situation right here. But it's the next chapter in the book, The Imitation of Christ, written by Thomas Akempis. Now, if for some weird reason you're listening tonight, you have not been a part of this series, you know nothing about Thomas Akempis, you know nothing about the book, The Imitation of Christ. Let me at least tell you this. I'm not going to go through the history. You can go back and find the beginning of the series and listen to everything. Thomas Akempis was a Catholic. All right, we have to make sure we understand that. Even though he wrote this book, The Imitation of Christ, that became super influential, well beyond Catholicism. Again, I was first introduced to the book in an independent fundamental Baptist church that despised everything related to Catholicism. I just don't think they knew the book was written by a Catholic, which I don't know how that's possible, especially if you read the book, because the Catholicism comes through time and time again, and I think we're getting ready to get somewhat of an example of this. However, here's what's going to be strange. (laughs) you got to hear this, because this is going... I know you're not going to believe this, but this is what's going to happen. What we're getting ready to what we're getting ready to read is clearly the influence of Catholic theology. However, if I disagree with it, especially if I disagree with it using certain words, it's going to be the non-Catholics who get all upset. It's going to be the non-Catholics who accuse me of perverting the gospel and teaching some kind of easy believism. And so, so what's going to be weird is, in one hand, if I if I just pre if I'm like if I read this, 
even though it's straight Catholicism, but I just changed the words just a little bit, a large section of the evangelical world will be like, amen, preach it. None of that easy believism and cheap grace. That's right. That's the way it's supposed to be. (laughs) Not even realizing they're saying amen to Catholicism. I get a lot of my problems with some of the things taught in the evangelical world basically came to my mind more so by my study of Catholicism, where I would look at the evangelical world. I'm like, I think the evangelical world in some ways are more Catholic than Catholics. I know when I say that people shake their head and they don't believe me, but I'm telling you it is true. But that's what we're getting ready to find out. And what that's what we're, well, let's do this. I'm just going to go through just a small section. I'm going to kind of just bring up the issue. I'm just going to kind of present it. And I may just kind of leave it for you to figure out. Um, I don't know. Maybe, maybe maybe I'll do a little bit more. I don't know. I'm just going, whenever I want to stop, I'm going to stop. All right. So that's what we're going to do. So are you ready? We're in book two. We're in chapter 12 of book two. And the title of this chapter, at least in the edition that I have in my hands, is called The King's Highway of the Holy Cross. The King's Highway of the Holy Cross, all right? Now, to me, in some ways, that sounds Catholic, all right? We could, we could try to take that apart, but that's okay. The King's Highway of the Holy Cross. Now, listen <laughs> to the way this chapter begins. I have to laugh because there's just so much here, but okay. All right, I got to be serious. Thomas Kempis, 500 years old, a uh, uh, book older than 500 years, 500 years of age, Okay, however I can say that. Um, We're in book two, chapter 12. Here we go. To many, this seems a hard saying. Deny thyself. Take up thy cross and follow Jesus. Of course, that's based off Matthew 16, 24. So according to Thomas Akempis, when many people hear these words, they're like, that's a hard saying. Deny yourself, take up the cross and follow Jesus or deny self, die to self and no longer follow self is the way I tend to paraphrase it. Now he says to many, that's a hard saying, which seems to indicate is it a hard saying? Is it is it not a hard saying? I think we could all agree that's a hard saying, right? Do we ever truly die to self? No. Do we ever truly deny self? No. Do we ever truly stop following self? No. I think anyone who claims, no, absolutely, absolutely we de- deny self, die to self, and stop following self. Absolutely. If you think that, Personally, I think that you are just lying to yourself. You're deceiving yourself. No one ever stops, ever stops, or or how can I say this? No one ever truly denies self, truly dies to self, and truly stops following self. Your life is made up not of self-denial, but of self-fulfillment and self-pursuit. Your life is not made up of dying to self. It's made of living for self. And your life is not made up of not following self. You're the follower, the leader, the boss. You you are constantly doing that. And, and even if it's in the smallest way to the largest way, 
and everything in between, you see it every day, every hour. You see it in the morning. You see it late at night. You see it wherever, at work, at home, driving, on the internet, constantly in church, at a business meeting, wherever you may find yourself over and over and over, you know that self is very much alive. Very much. And and I'm not saying that you may not be trying to deny yourself. I'm not saying you may not even have times where you're successful in denying yourself, but constantly you are not denying yourself. You're not, uh, you're not dying to yourself and you are, uh, you, you haven't stopped following yourself. I think that's very fair and very true. So he says to many, this seems like a hard saying. All right. So the fact that he says to, to many, this is a hard saying, seems like he's going to come and try to say, it's not a hard saying. Oh, but look at how he what he does here. What he's going to do is he's going to present us this one perspective, die to self, deny self, stop following self, right? He's going to put that here. It's like, that. does that appear hard? Does that appear difficult? Well, before you say yes, consider this saying. Now, here's the saying he's going to contrast it with. But it will be much harder to hear the last words, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Matthew 25, 41. I don't know if you catch, if you're catching on to what's going on here. But there is a problem, okay? So he's contrasting this. Hey, you think it's hard to deny self, die to self, and stop following self? Well, if you think that's hard, how hard is it going to be to hear the last words, depart from me, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire? Which seems to imply, if you, listen, if you're not dying to self, if you have, or let me say it this way, if you have not denied self, if you have not died to self, and if you have not stopped following self, then you're going to hear, depart from me, ye cursed, and everlasting judgment. In other, way, in other words, this is putting forth the concept, the way, the way to eternal life, right? Yes, exactly. Someone just said, it sounds like you get turned away if you don't deny yourself. Yes, this is exactly where this is going. The, the concept that's being presented here, now we'll let it play out to see if he changes it, but since it's coming from a Catholic perspective, I'm pretty much prepared. This is where it's going to go, but it pretty much goes like this. Look, if you don't die to self, deny self, and and, and if you don't stop following self, you're going to be turned into everlasting punishment. Those are your choices. E- eternal punishment or deny self, die to self, and stop following self. Now, the sad part is, Many non-Catholics will say something similar. If you're truly a Christian, how do you know you're a Christian? You've died to self. You deny self. You no longer follow self. Now, that sounds so good. But once again, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. So how much self-denial, how much self-death, and how much not following myself must be present for me to know that I'm saved? Well, then they'll say, well, you won't do it perfectly, and it just becomes this really subjective thing. Or you basically say, if you haven't died to self, deny self, and stop following self, you're going to go to hell because you've never become saved. That's straight-up Catholicism. The, this, is the old, this is the game we play. We change the words to go something like this. In Catholicism, let's say it would say it would sound like this. You must do this in order to be saved. 
We just change it to say, if you, if you don't do this, you're proving you were never saved. And we think that that makes, that, that changes everything. One says you have to do it to be saved. The other one says you have to do it in order to prove you're saved. Well, both are claiming you have to do it in order to be saved. Because if you're not doing it, you're not saved. But we're like, no, no, ours is different. Not really. It's just playing a little game with with language. But you're saying the same thing. You have to do it to be saved? Well, no, that's workspace. No, you do it because you're saved. And if I don't do it, well, you're not saved. Meaning that I have to do it. So therefore, my salvation is not based off an imputed righteousness. It's based off the the, the amount of self-denial, self-death, and self-no-longer-following self present in my life. Can you imagine trying to measure that to know if you're saved? So then it leads to self, you know what it leads to? Self-deceit. You have to deceive yourself into thinking, man, I truly... I truly deny myself. And, and even though you know deep down you don't. Now, I believe we are called to die to self, deny self, and no longer follow self. Number one, that shows me my need of Christ and an imputed righteousness because I know I fall short of this every single day. So that's first and foremost. Number two, I know I should pursue it but I'm never going to accomplish it perfectly because the sinful nature resides in me. Listen, as long as the sinful nature is in me and is alive and active, how am I ever going to truly die to self, deny self, and stop following self when the the very essence of the sinful nature is self? You would have to believe in the eradication of the old nature. Let's see what he does with this. To many, I'm going to start from the, back from the beginning. To many, this seems a hard saying. Deny thyself, take up that cross, and follow Jesus. Matthew 16, 24. But it will be much harder to hear the last words. Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Matthew 25, 41. For they who now willingly hear and follow the word of the cross shall not then fear to hear the sentence of everlasting damnation. So here we go. For those who now willingly hear and follow the word of the cross, you have nothing to fear. Uh, uh, You shall not then fear to hear the sentence of everlasting damnation. You don't have to fear the sentence of everlasting damnation if you are now hearing and following the word of the cross. And the word of the cross here is being put forth as self-denial. Not The word of the cross isn't Jesus denied self, died, and in a sense followed the will of the Father for me. No, they're saying the will of the cross is, I must do these things. If you think about it, Jesus says, not my will, your will be done. In a sense, that's a self-denial. He died, hung on a cross and died, right, uh, for the will of the Father. I mean, it, he did the will of the Father, not my will, but your will be done. So there, in a sense, Jesus uh, accomplished all of that for me, and that is imputed to my account. So in my position, I can stand before God and say, I have denied self, I have died to self, and I'm no longer following uh, self because I'm in Christ. In practice, I still very much fall short in these areas. I should pursue them, but they cannot be somehow connected to my salvation. 
They go on, this sign of the son of man shall be in heaven when the Lord shall come to judgment. Then all the servants of the cross who in their lifetime conformed themselves unto Christ crucified shall draw near unto Christ to judge with great confidence. Why therefore fear to take up the cross, which leads to a kingdom. So here's the thing. If you, if you'll take up the cross, if you'll deny self, die to self, follow self, then you have nothing to fear in judgment. And implied, if you don't do this, you have everything to fear at the judgment and you could end up being sent into everlasting torment and everlasting punishment, which this fits in perfectly, obviously with Roman Catholicism, because if you don't do these things, you commit a mortal sin. You're no longer in a state of grace. You don't even get to go to purgatory. You end up in hell. I mean, there's just so there's just so much we could we could say here, but I just want you to understand. You got to listen to me carefully. The Catholic system will say you must deny self, die to self, and stop following self in order to be saved. Evangelicals come along and say, well, no, 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 that's workspace. So we'll change the order a little bit. You do these things in order to prove you're saved. Well, now I'm proving my salvation by this that I do, and if I don't do it, then I'm not saved. So therefore. I have to determine that you would think the Protestants would be the most dogmatic on exactly how much is required in order to prove that I'm saved. They never can really give you the exact amount. They can always point to some other person who did something, go see, there's no way they can be saved. But immediately they're judging your salvation, not on the basis of an imputed righteousness, but on a perceived practical righteousness that they cannot tell you how much is required to get you into heaven. At least in the Catholic system, they're like, okay, these are mortal sins that will that will destroy the grace of God. The venial sins will hurt it. At least they break them into categories so you have some way of figuring it out. In the evangelical world, it's just like you better do these things, or you or you don't prove your you, you you prove to everyone you're not saved. But they can't really tell you what is required. I think that this is horrible theology on both sides. My salvation cannot be determined by a level of practical righteousness. It's determined by the perfect righteousness of Christ, who those things he calls us or commands us to do, he has done for us. And his perfect obedience, uh, passive and active, and his righteousness is imputed to me by faith alone. That's the entire reason. That's the whole separation between Catholicism and the Protestant world, the non-Catholic world. Let's see what else he says here. In the cross is salvation. In the cross is life. In the cross is protection against our enemies. In the cross is infusion of heavenly sweetness. In the cross is strength of mind. In the cross, joy of spirit. In the cross, the height of virtue. In the cross, the perfection of holiness. There is no salvation of the soul or hope of everlasting life, but in the cross. Take up, therefore, your cross and follow Jesus. Do you see how subtle that is? <laughs> I want you to hear that again. Okay, in the cross is salvation. You should be able to say, amen, because that's true. In the cross is life, amen. In the cross is protection against our enemies, 
Amen. In the cross is infusion of heavenly sweetness. Amen. In the cross is strength of mind. Amen. In the cross is, uh, is joy of spirit. In the cross, the height of virtue. In the cross, the perfection of holiness. There is no salvation of the soul or hope of everlasting life, but in the cross. Amen. But we would say all of that is because of the cross of Jesus, which I look to and his work is imputed to me by faith. That's the cross we would look to. But after saying all of those things, right? So it says there is no salvation of the soul or hope of everlasting life, but in the cross, period, then capital T, the next words, take up therefore your cross and follow Jesus and you shall go into life everlasting. Hey, look at all these wonderful things that come up uh, from the, uh, that come from the cross. Isn't that amazing? Amen. Okay. Well, take up your cross. Take up your cross. Let me read these words again. Take up therefore your cross and follow Jesus and you shall go into everlasting life. If you want to have everlasting life, you've got to take up the cross. You want to have everlasting life. You've got to deny self die to self and no longer follow self. If you don't take up your cross, you are not saved. Now, I'm telling you, I'm going to get emails from more Protestants going, amen, that is true. And I'm like, so I'm saved by the cross, by me bearing the cross, by me, not by what Jesus did, but by what I do. It's the work of Jesus on the cross wasn't sufficient. I've got to come along, pick up the cross in order to get to everlasting life. That is no my salvation is in what Jesus did on the cross. Now that I have believed in him, I am called into a life of self-denial and dying to self. But I'm never going to do it perfectly. I'm never even going to come close. I am called to take up the cross. I 100% agree with that. But that, there's no way that I can prove my salvation in that. It's definitely not the way to earn it. It's not the way to prove it. It's just what I'm called to do. But my hope is in the one who took up the cross perfectly, who carried it perfectly, who did, who accomplished everything in dying on that cross. That's just so subtle. Take up therefore your cross and follow Jesus and you shall go into life everlasting. He went before bearing his cross and died for you on the cross that you also may bear your cross and desire to die on the cross. So Jesus simply died on the cross so that you can bear a cross and you can die on a cross. So Jesus just in a sense said, hey, I'm going to do this so you can do it. No, Jesus did it because he knows I can never do it anywhere close to what would be required. So this is almost the idea Jesus died so that you could be infused with a righteousness and that infused righteousness leads you to take up a cross and die to self. And it's through that infused righteousness that you cooperate with that you can hopefully die in a state of grace and then you can get into everlasting life. It's so, this is so Roman Catholicism all over the place. Um, for if you be dead... With him, you shall also in like manner live with him. Well, in Christ, I am dead. In Christ, I am dead. In my position, I am dead 
to every, to everything because I was crucified with him. My union in him makes me dead. That's 100% true. So in one hand, in my position, I am dead. I have taken up the cross. I'm not following him. But we're talking about in practice, no, there's, there's problems. And it says, and if you share his punishment, you shall also share his glory. Behold, in the cross, all consist, and in our dying, thereon all lies. For there is no other way unto life and unto true inward peace, but the way of the cross and of daily mortification. Well, I do believe we're called the daily mortification. I do believe every day I need to pick up the cross and die to self. I believe that. We should all believe that. But that's not how I get to heaven. That's not how I prove that I'm going to heaven. Because it would be subjective at best. And it would, in many cases, require self-deceit and the thinking I'm doing better than I'm really doing. Because if I admit that I'm not doing as good as I think that I'm doing, then I have to admit that I'm not saved. Therefore, I got to get saved again. And then you just, I guess you're constantly trying to get saved because you constantly are in a state of not knowing. But I, here's the thing. If I look to the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross, I know that I'm saved because it's finished. He did it. I look to that. Walk where you will. Seek whatever you will, you shall not find a higher way above nor a safer way below than the way of the cross. Oh, this chapter is long. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're not going to finish this uh, tonight. Maybe we can just uh, finish one more paragraph. Dispose and order all things according to your will and judgment, and you shall find that you must always suffer somewhat, either willingly or against your will, and so you shall ever find the cross. For either you shall feel pain in the body or suffer tribulation of spirit in the soul. Sometimes you shall be forsaken of God. Sometimes you shall be troubled by your neighbor. And what is more, oftentimes you shall be wearisome to your own self. Neither can you be delivered or eased by any remedy or comfort. But so long as it pleases God, you ought to bear it. For God will have you learn to suffer tribulation without comfort and that you subject yourself holy to him and by tribulation become more humble. No man so feels in his heart the passion of Christ as he who suffers. So now it's just really talking about suffering being connected to taking up the cross. All right. We won't go into any of that. We're just going to go back to the beginning here. All right. Chapter 12 again. Imitation of Christ, Thomas Kempis. All right. I'm just going to I'm going to really drive this point home. Because in some ways, you would think every non-Catholic would be like, wait a minute. But many non-Catholics use the same kind of language. We just tweak it a little bit and thinking that we've made some massive categorical difference or, you know, that we're drawing some massive difference between us and the Catholics. But in many cases, it's just as Catholic as Catholicism. Here we go. According to Thomas Kempis, the way to many, I should say, to many, this seems like a hard saying. Deny thyself, take up thy cross, and follow Jesus. Now, it is a hard saying. Let me make it very clear. It is a hard saying. Let me make it very clear. In some ways, it's an impossible saying. 
I, my argument is that you never truly, I, I don't, you can say no Christians will do this. It, you're just lying to yourself. Okay. And if you're lying to yourself, then you've not dead to yourself, right? If you have to practice self-deceit in order to convince yourself of something, you've not died to self. So let me say it again. This is a hard saying, and I will go so far as to say it's an impossible saying. You're never truly going to die to self. You're never going to truly deny self, and you're never going to truly stop following self. As long as you're on this earth with a sinful nature, these three things are an impossibility in any meaningful way. So on one hand, when I read this, I'm like, woe is me, I am undone, but I know Christ who took up the cross, who fulfilled the will of the Father, who did what... He said, not my will, but your will be done. He did, he died, he, he followed the will of the Father, right? And in him, therefore in Christ, then on one hand, I have denied self, I have taken up the cross, and I no longer follow self in Christ. Now, my salvation is based all on that, not trying to find some proof about what I do or don't do, because then that would be making my salvation based off practical righteousness instead of imputed righteousness. But in my everyday life, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, obviously I'd stopped there, but obviously every day of the week, I should strive to deny self, die to self, and no longer follow self. And every, I need to be learning that every single day. I am called to do that. Now, the problem here, Thomas Akempis wants us to say, hey, you either deny self die to self and stop following self, or you're going to hear these words, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. He's making it a prerequisite for salvation. If you're going to be saved, you have to do this. That's a salvation by works. But many evangelicals make it a salvation by work by just playing a little game, a little word game. No, no, no. You don't do it to get saved. You do it to prove you are saved. But if I don't do it, then I'm not saved, meaning I have to do it to be saved. No, like, no, 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 no. If you're saved, you will do it. But if I don't do it, then I'm not saved, meaning I have to do it. You can, it's just, you're just like running in circles. Right? You're, we're saying the same thing in a different way. We are called to this life. Absolutely. But I can't look to this to prove that I'm saved because I would never do it. I have to look to what Christ ultimately accomplished. I hope you see the similarities between the Catholic position and what is taught in many churches without even realizing what they're doing. They say they're preaching a gospel of grace. They say they're preaching that we're saved by grace alone, through faith alone, because of Christ alone, and then ultimately undermine it and contradict it by worrying about, because look, I understand that everyone gets worried about cheap grace. I understand that. Everybody gets worried about so-called easy believism, but grace is a dangerous thing. Grace is dangerous because we're not, we, we always feel like we have to come along and and and, and try to fix it or try to, no, 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 it, it can't be that, we, we, for us, it can't be that easy. So we try to correct it, but in many cases, by correcting it, we undermine it. We chip away at it. We destroy it. So in that, in some cases, we so cover up the gospel of grace that we basically create our own version 
of a salvation by works while denying that we're doing that. I hope that makes sense. I hope that makes sense. Now, there's that that last paragraph here is interesting because he just kind of goes to, you know, the cross and suffering. But I don't want to dive into that too much that we lose sight of this really... I think, I think this really forces us to stop and look at what's going on in the Protestant world, not in the Catholic world. And again, I just want you to see that, that how subtle it is right here, just once again in, on, on this page. There is no salvation of the soul or hope of everlasting life, but in the cross. And then you would think, amen, okay, he's talking about the cross of Jesus. And immediately he says, take up therefore your cross and follow Jesus, and you shall go into everlasting life. So if like, you're going to go into everlasting life, you got to take up your cross. And people said, but Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. Yes, I do believe the call to follow Christ is a call to take up the cross and die to self. No, no one is denying that. The issue is I cannot make somehow that's a test or proof of salvation. And we could get into a discussion of drawing a distinction between salvation and discipleship. And some people say there, you'll no obliterate those. But then you look at what the Bible says. If you don't do this and you don't do this, you're not my disciple, which would then be translated. If you don't do this and don't do this, you're not a Christian. Therefore, you have to do these things in order to be saved, which you then almost walk right back into a salvation by works. Even though we would say, no, 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 no. You do it because you're saved. It's you're just playing a, a word game there. So we could we could consider that, but we'll see where he goes by the time the chapter is over. All right, that concludes. I'm just going to leave it there for you, and then you can tell me what you think and how you struggle with it and what you do with it, but there you go. You can email me, newsif at yahoo.com, newsif at yahoo.com. That's newsif at yahoo.com. Yeah. There's there's so much more I'd like to say, but this is one of those chapters where you just want to keep saying the same thing over and over and over because you feel like no matter how many times you say it, someone's not going to understand what you're saying. They're going to misunderstand it and they're going to get confused. But I think I said it as many different ways as I possibly could and the same way as many times as I possibly could. So we will, we, will, we will see what the fallout is, and then we'll go from there and see how we can proceed through this chapter. And maybe we, this chapter is long, so we'll definitely try to not make a, we'll try to just go maybe day after day. We'll do a number of days in a row to try to finish this chapter uh, so that we, there's not a break in the middle of a chapter. So we'll definitely try to finish this up maybe tomorrow or the next day. All right. Thanks for listening. Everyone have a wonderful night. And God bless.